Welcome to We The Podcast. This is Keith Ellison. Today I want to talk about voting. Actually getting to the polls and casting a vote. And how when working people don't vote, it really changes the policies that we all have to live under. Walter Ruther, who was a president of the United Auto Workers, famously said, there's a direct relationship between the ballot box and the bread box. Working Americans all around the country lay in bed at night doing the math in their heads, wondering how they're going to afford to put bread on the table for their family the next day. Ask yourself, if these Americans were elected to Congress, what would they prioritize? What would they do? A minimum wage increase, maybe? Renewing unemployment insurance, perhaps? Investing in their kids? Putting their neighbors back to work? But Congress refuses to act on any of those priorities. What is driving the disconnect between our legislators and the priorities of working Americans? Dan McGrath is the executive director of Take Action Minnesota, a statewide network committed to changing who decides and who benefits in our society. The problem isn't with the ideas, but who has the power. The, the, the problems in our economy are, are not that we, we don't have good ideas of, of what to do and how to fix it and how to end income inequality. The, the problem we face is one of, of who's got the power and, and how that power distorts our politics. I like to say that you may not be into politics, but politics is into you. The lives we lead, the, the water we drink, the food we eat, the, the health care we have or don't have, these are all things that come back to um, our politics and political participation. If inequality is so bad and politicians aren't creating policy solutions that serve most Americans, why aren't voters electing leaders that will? The answer lies in who is actually participating in our democracy. Heather McGee is the president of Demos, a policy think tank dedicated to ensuring that all Americans have equal say in their democracy and an equal chance in our economy. In the United States, the income of the people who usually vote and the income of the people who do not vote is very different. This income disparity in the voter turnout is called the voting gap. We know that there is a about 30 percentage point gap between the lowest income and the highest income Americans. The U.S. has the biggest voting gap among the top 15 developed democracies in the world. In 2012, 80% of the people earning 150000 or more voted, but only 36% of those earning less than 50000 voted, even though Americans making less than 50000 make up about half of the U.S. population. Think about that for a second. Half of all Americans make less than $50,000 a year. Those that make $150,000 a year make up a small proportion of the population, about 3%, but 80% of those people vote and engage in other forms of political participation. After the Supreme Court decision in Citizens United, the power of money over elections increased tilting the scales even further against the policies that would help working Americans. We also know that less than 1% of the American public actually gives over $200 to a federal candidate at all. 
And so that is going to be your people who have more money to give, most obviously. So there's this huge gap in terms of who donates and who votes. And what we know from political science research is that that translates into whose phone call is answered by elected officials. So politicians are answering calls from donors. What are the donors telling them? And the biggest difference between the donor class and everybody else is that the donor class is frankly a lot more conservative on economic issues. They don't want the minimum wage to be high enough to keep a worker out of poverty. They don't want the federal government to do everything it can to give willing workers a job. They want uh, lower taxes instead of uh, more investments. They want uh, lower regulations instead of more of a cop on the beat on Wall Street. Voter suppression, like voter ID laws, only increased this huge voting gap. Here's Dan. Never, never has photo ID been about the integrity of our elections. It has always been about political power and who controls um, the levers of our government. And when photo ID um, is put in, into law in other places, that means that um, working people, poor people, people of color, women, students, the elderly, those are the people that pay the price. Those are the people who are not allowed to speak. And those are the people who are losing in this economy and who lose even more when they're shut out from the ballot box. Is it any wonder that policies that would lift millions of Americans out of poverty are left behind in Congress and in state legislatures all over the country? But massive tax breaks for America's biggest corporations and individuals and trade deals to offshore American jobs are considered high priorities? There's a two-pronged solution to closing the voting gap. First, we need policies that make it easier to vote. Here's Heather. The biggest hurdle is registration, that 90% of the people who are registered vote. So until we see the government doing everything it can to make sure that everybody votes, including the single mom who's working three jobs and doesn't have time to go and cut through the red tape uh, to get registered and voting, um, then we will continue to have these economic policies that are tilted towards the donor class and not the citizens who should be voting. So how can we make registering easier? Same-day voter registration allows Americans to go to a polling place and get registered on Election Day. Researchers who analyzed Google searches on Election Day in 2012 found that same-day registration may have allowed an additional 3 to 4 million Americans to register and vote. All the states in the country that have the highest rates of turnout have same-day registration because it means that you can really streamline the process, just going and voting on the same day or fixing your registration because you've moved. That kind of reform is what we need in order to make it the real rights of citizenship easy uh, to, to access. Another way to make it easier to vote is to make sure we implement motor voter laws so working Americans are reminded of their chance to influence who represents them every time they interact with government services. So that is a law that says, you know what, the government actually should be doing everything it can so that when citizens interact with the government, they're saying, hey, we want to hear your voice. The government, the state government, whether it's the DMV, the food stamp office, the social security office, uh, there can be lots of other places, in fact, where you are interacting with your local and state government that should be saying, here's a voter registration form, here's how you fill it out, here's where you send it. But making it easier to vote alone won't get Americans to the voting booth. We need Americans who want a minimum wage, want good paying jobs, want fair trade deals to come before corporate tax cuts. 
and care about investing in our children. We need them to stand up, get loud, be counted, and vote. Our, our greatest enemy is the cynicism that some people try to build in our politics, right? It is, it is in the interest of the Koch brothers and the American Legislative Exchange Council and all, all those to make us believe that we don't matter. Because when we buy that line, then they have clear sailing to the kind of uh, economy and the kind of government they want. They got to spend money hand over fist, and they got money to spend. That is mostly money that is going to try to make us believe nothing is possible. But, but we, we as people, we've got each other, and we've got to find each other, and we've got to connect with each other. So you may be asking yourself an important question. Will it work? Will getting working Americans to the polls change the priorities of our elected officials? History says yes. There was a recent study out of Auburn University uh, where William Franco examined all 50 states uh, over more than three decades and found that states where uh, low-income and working-class folks exercised their voices more in the voting booth, inequality was lower, right? So states where there's a smaller voting cap, gap between um, the haves and the have-nots had more policies that were favorable to the have-nots. Higher minimum wages, better consumer protection laws, more generous health benefits. So the fact is that when democracy works, it works for the people. And if you have states where everyone is voting, where everyone is participating, uh, then elected officials feel more accountable to everyone. This has been another edition of We The Podcast. See you next time.